Welcome to Moon Chasers Podcast, where three generations of witches compare their unique journeys with the craft, sharing their irreverent takes on things like daily practices, ethics, and current events, and the ridiculous way witches are portrayed in pop culture. Pour yourself a spot of tea or some other magical libation as they and their guests discuss tarot, astrology, feminism, and all things witchy, sometimes with wine. We haven't had any like mic issues in the beginning. Right? Yeah. Knock knock on wood. Yeah. We're recording. We're all here. We <laughs> oh. <laughs> started it with knocking on wood. Yes. <laughs> just like a witch should, right? Why just not? like a witch knocking on wood, like a good witch should. <laughs> <laughs> That's Hello? why I'm a bard. Hello. Hello, Hello lovely ladies. <laughs> Hello. It's our uh, Samhain and Witches Watch episode. Yay! About the best movie ever. Yes. <laughs> no matter honestly, what else you say. <laughs> honestly, honestly, yes. I know I always make the joke that Love Witch is the best movie ever, but no, I, I do love Practical Magic more. Even though it has problems. It has some problems. problems. Every movie has problems. Every movie has problems. Even the greatest movie of all time, Love Witch. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah. But I do. I actually, I just adore Practical Magic. So I'm glad we're talking about it. I, I feel like it was one of the most formative movies for me because I it came out when I was 17, I think. So it was yeah. just like that perfect age, you know. Ugh, I, I was that. I was 10 I, years older than you, and I had just started my magical journey the year before the movie yeah. came out, maybe a year and a half before the movie came out. So it was nice, I think, to see some positivity around witchcraft mm-hmm. reflected at that time for me, you know, because nobody really watches that movie and thinks, Ooh, witches are horrible. You know? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I watched it. I remember watching it. It was the movie that was playing when I was taking a break from studying for my winter finals my freshman year of high school. It was a rerun on HBO or something. And I had seen it when I was younger. And I didn't realize that I had seen it when I was younger because the scene that I saw was with my dad and it was the someone left it on the porch. (laughs) Someone (laughs) left it on the porch. And my dad... He was watching it, and I guess he didn't quite know what he was um, watching either. Because mm. when I asked, I said, Daddy, what movie is this? He said, Witches of Eastwick. Um, oh, and yeah. so for the longest time, I thought, up until I was 14, I thought that movie was Witches of Eastwick. I've actually, actually never seen Witches of Eastwick. <gasps> oh, my that- gosh. My favorite. <laughs> Yeah. It's problematic too, but I love like Cher, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, and um, uh, my brain just it's, it's, it's Sarandon. They're and Jack Nichols, and they're just so good. But it's it is that thing about oh yeah, there's a devil, yeah. you know, person that's in charge of all this stuff instead of you know practical magic, which says no, there's no devil in the craft, right? right so right, right. But even yeah. the craft had the mental and had you know mm-hmm. all of that stuff too well, so wasn't the same no. but yeah no I, but it's still like it's more like demon based versus yeah. just like nothing based or just you know 
nature uh, and yeah. Yes. And, and there's a level of, they do talk about impractical magic. There's a level of faith that you have to have, right? Like you can't, you know, you have to believe in it and you have to yeah. like, it, that's what gives it power versus that's what she's talking about his badge. Yes. Like yes. the yeah. star doesn't hold power. Yes. Or even the, the, the ants, when they say, you know, you can't practice magic when you turn your nose down at it, yes. like you can't, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's an energy that you're working with. And you're a part of it's not, and so to me that was like, oh, finally somebody is getting this right. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, but I still love like witches of Eastwick is still like it's just I fun. Mean, a we man like wrote it. Um, yeah. A man wrote it, and it's really fucking obvious that a man wrote yes. it. And <laughs> and it's it's aesthetically beautiful. Like there is just something gorgeous about watching all of those ladies fly around while spitting out cherry pits with their yeah. wild hair flowing. <laughs> Yes, that's it's aesthetically gorgeous, but there is just something about that movie that rubs me all sorts of the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And but I'll I'll do a witch's watch about it. But uh, yeah, do we want to talk I'm, about? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. No, and I just I feel like that would probably be a good podcast conversation since it's you know it's funny because it, it is very like like you're saying male driven. You can tell it was written by a man. What I do love about it is the the revenge yeah. and you know that it, it does have that sort of feminist edge to it. Um, and how like at, in the, at the end of the day, don't fuck with women kind of thing, you know, like do like that part of it, but, and, yeah. but the rest of it, sure. like, it's all very sex driven. It's all very, you know, phallic and like all of these things. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, the, I liked I liked the way you know, and if spoiler alert, I guess, <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it's an aesthetically very, pleasing movie. Yeah, it's a yeah. uh, and it's also like it. It feels like it feels like fall. It feels like you're in Salem, yeah. and you know, I don't okay. even think they're in Salem, but it feels like you're in Salem, like outside of Salem in the suburb and in fall, and like all of these things are happening. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I and I, the acting is just so great in it. Like all the characters are so good because of all the great actors that are in it, that it, that's mm-hmm. what, makes it. you know, it would have been a crappy movie if it had like the actors in it, you know? Yeah, I did actually one of my, when I had to do cattle call auditions back when I was a theater major, cause I make great fucking decisions with my life. Um, yeah, I was a theater he, minor. Yeah. I, we, I think we all did theater. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I hated them because basically you have 90 seconds to prove your to prove your worth mm-hmm. to a ju- a panel of really just shitty judges. They're just not nice. They're just mean people and you have you have 90 seconds to prove your worth to them and yeah. it's like no no job interview is only 90 seconds long. That's what I hate about these cattle call auditions. Yeah. And one of the auditions I did I actually did the share monologue from Witches of Eastwick. Um, it's, uh, you uh, you have really bad taste in furniture. You're the grossest little insecure man that I've ever met in my entire life. Like, I do love that monologue. Uh, I don't love it enough to remember it now, (laughs) uh, uh, almost 10 years later, but, um, but yeah, I, but do we want to talk about Samhain stuff before we launch into why we adore practical magic so much? Yeah. 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 Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's talk about first before Samhain. This uh, Saturday is the full blood moon. Yay! And yes. uh, uh, the eclipse 
the partial lunar eclipse in Taurus. Yeah. And um, I don't know about you all, but I'm super feeling this Scorpio season and everybody around me that I know is feeling it. Major life changes, major, you know, it's funny because I was reading about the lunar eclipse and how the last one was the 21st of, uh, or in 2021. That's it's been like November of 2021. Yeah, November 2021. And, and how like it's, it's time to look at where were you at this time in 2021 and where are you now and how has that changed your life? And when I think about it, I'm like, geez, I have a new house. Like, like all of these things in my life have changed so much in my, Mm -hmm. my, uh, uh, self-reliance, I guess has, has gone up so much more than it was years ago. Um, what about you two? Are y'all, thinking like, wow, where I was two years ago and where I am now is like leaps and bounds from there. For sure. I had just, I basically had just started, um, or I'd just gotten hired full time, um, at, well, I'm not really, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, sure. that's probably not a great example because of the, <laughs> the, the company, you know, went through some, yeah. some weirdness, but it yeah. was a, definitely a turning point in my career. Um, right but I I wrote some stuff down real quick about this eclipse. So like what you're talking about, um, we have eclipse seasons. So for like two years, all of the eclipses will be in the same two signs and they're always opposite signs. Mm -hmm. So we're wrapping up the Taurus Scorpio axis eclipse series, basically. Um, And I was doing some reading on it today and I thought this was kind of a cool little summation, but the whole cycle was about transformation defined by our evolving relationship with resources, with values, with intimacy and with power. And I know so many people who have like specifically gone, you know, through divorces in the last two years <coughs> and like have major shakeups in their, in their relationships and their careers. Um, but eclipses bring about destiny. They, they're like a fast track to, what is supposed to be happening in your life. That's why they're kind of uncomfortable a lot of times because if you experience major challenges or major hiccups or or whatever um, during eclipse seasons, it's like that's exposing where things are not built correctly, exposing things that show that you're not in alignment with where you're supposed to be. So all of this is big tower energy, right? It's like all of this stuff that feels like it's, you know, my life is out of control. It's like, I actually, you know, just relax and kind of go with the flow for a little bit. Cause this is for your, your greater good. Yeah. I've definitely had that feeling of with a couple of people wanting to say, remember that, that things that happen in your life or how you're feeling today and all that stuff is, is really kind of like a storm. You got to let it just blow in and blow out. And then there'll be another one and it blows in and blows out. And, and it's not, your entire existence constantly forever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it feels like it has really hit a lot of people. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Interesting eclipse season. Oh, I said something to disconnected. No, okay. I can, can you still, still hear me. Cool. I can, we can all still hear you. All right. Good. Yeah. Um, I can, I can still hear you. You can still hear Jenny, right? Ursula. Yes. All right, cool. Just making sure. 
Now, it's a big um, eclipse season for me because my, you know, Taurus sun and Scorpio moon. So it's kind of been, it's been a, a bit intense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shay, how have you been feeling about? Um, so back in November 2021, is that when, that's when you said it started? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was working one job that I loved and another job that I sometimes loved. <laughs> and, um, and I will say like at that point in my life, um, I think I was just starting to like really get the groove of, um, of, of the writing job, because mm-hmm. I think that was the time that I wrote that article about, um, oh, what was it? The, uh, uh, how how each sign avoids political conversations at Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and that That's was the time, and that was a time I really started feeling confident as a writer because, um, I mean, I don't know. It feels like you were always very nice, and you always seemed to like the articles that I wrote. But like for a long time, a lot of the articles I was writing was like, oh, um the moon is is conjunct with jupiter oh, yeah. again <laughs> like so, it was all so, just placement was, based yeah it was formulaic and then it started getting into the more you know funny stuff um mm-hmm. and and that gave me a lot of confidence i also um uh so i actually it was it was october 2020 that i started doing this but i started writing my podcast my other podcast um, but, and I started writing the second arc of, um, or no, I was right in the middle of writing the second arc of the podcast when, uh, in around November, uh, 2021. And so that was, you know, it was, it was blossoming. It was, um, it was starting, it was starting to sprout, I guess. And I mean, then a lot of weird shit happened in the middle. Like, you know, my dad died and, you know, I guess, you know, Scorpio all about death and rebirth, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, around fall of 2021, I had moved into a, I, I, I was renting a room in Marietta. I was starting to become confident as a writer and, um, then, you know, a lot of, uh, setbacks, happened uh between um dad dying and then uh i got uh we we all got kicked out of the house that we were renting because the landlady was a terrible individual and she was renting to us illegally and she decided that uh, and the hoa found out and so yeah, instead of just owning up to shit and paying a fine, she was all like, "Nope, either you guys lie for me, or I'm kicking you all out." And Jesus. we didn't want to lie, yeah. and we didn't want to lie for her because, frankly, she's just not that nice of a person. And we were <laughs> like, "Well, I'll lie for a lot of people. I do. I am not that moralistic. That like, okay, Jenny, Ursula, if y'all needed me to lie for you, and it's like for a really good reason, hell yes, I'd lie for y'all. If it's a matter of life and death or a matter of livelihood, hell yeah, I'll lie for you." Um. That's good to know. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm the I'm an Aries. I will help you hide the body, but um, I mean, I will I will be enthusiastic about wanting to help you hide the body. I am a messy person by nature. You might want to get a Virgo to like 
um, help. <laughs> like I'll dig the hole, but Virgo's got to figure out the logistics of it. So um, <laughs> I was like, yay, I'm digging a hole. Um, <laughs> Cause Aries is the annoying little sister of the Zodiac. But uh, that's hilarious. Is that not true though? <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, getting kicked out of the house, um, having to move back in with my mom, um, uh, having romantic romantic prospects falter, and also losing a job that I really loved. But you know, looking back, it was not the job that I was hired on as. You know what I mean? Like that is not Jenny. You understand? Like it was not yeah. that was not the same job as it was at the beginning. It evolved mm-hmm. or devolved, I should say, and and not for the better. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of death, a lot of death. But then, you know, I started my, po- I'm still working that gig economy, but I started my podcast finally. Um, gonna, I, Ursula, don't be mad. I'm going to shamelessly self-promote. It's called Plug, Plug with away. the Shadow People. <laughs> it's the best called- name ever. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's <laughs> called Cotty Womple with the Shadow People. And it has five episodes plus a prologue. And you can find it on Apple and Podbean and Google Podcasts and Amazon Music and iHeart. And I'm still working on Spotify. I will eventually get it on Spotify. It's a little difficult right now. Uh, but but yeah, and it's fun and it's witchy and it kind of has practical magic. Would you say it has like practical magic energy I think a little so. bit, Jenny? Mm-hmm. And um, And it's finally published. And I bought a place and I'm dating people again and yeah so so it's been like there's there's a full circle moment yeah 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 Yeah. that's good that's really good I'm not exactly where I want to be but I'm getting there so (laughs) yeah but sorry I don't mean to ramble no but what I really wanted you guys to take away from my ramble is that I will help you hide a body got Um, it yeah ride or die (laughs) that was the important takeaway of that whole thing Yes. <laughs> it's funny you say ride or die because me and my other friend who is an Aries and I always say like she is the quintessential Aries um uh and for anybody that listens to my podcast she was the inspiration for Hecate and Persephone so oh. yeah fun little fact um uh she we don't call each other ride or die <laughs> we call each other drive and survive because it's like why do we gotta die why do we gotta die no, so she's my drive and survive lady. We will keep each other alive. <laughs> yes, yes, we will keep each other alive. We'll just That's kill other people. Friend. Yes, yes. bodies. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm. I'm. I was mistaken. I thought tomorrow or the the twenty eighth. I thought it was lunar Samhain. It's not lunar Samhain. It's not. I looked it up. No, I got very confused for some reason. I thought lunar Samhain correlates with the full moon, and mm-hmm. I was incorrect. So. I think it's on the twelfth, actually. Huh. Of November. Yeah, I had that wrong too. Then. Yeah. Yeah. For maybe some reason, I, I gotta look at it. It was on the second, so maybe it was the twelfth, and I just dropped a number. <laughs> I will look it up because I know we're not going to be able to. I know we all wanted to hang out for the full moon, but I have a show, and I think we have some other stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, but maybe we can party it up on Lunar Samhain. That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. It's still witchy season, even though I'm, I'm not going to lie. I respect, I celebrate Samhain until the second because 
I be, because the veil doesn't close at midnight, you know, like, yeah, because and, and there's a reason why Day of the Dead is celebrated on the first and then mm-hmm. All Souls Day in the Catholic Church and in some evangelical Protestant churches is on the second. And so I'm going to do what the Christians have done forever. And I'm going to co opt their holiday and make it more Samhain. And um, yeah, just because I want to. And but I'm not going to lie. The second November 3rd hits. I turn into it's Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> no holds barred. I, I love Halloween so much. I love Halloween. But Christmas is a close second. I I just really love Christmas. I love Yule. Well, I think it's also a very witchy time. But, yes, but, but Muppet's Christmas Carol is hands down the best part of it. Yeah, uh, not me, <laughs> definitely not me, but somebody that looks entirely like me. Um, I think I blew my cover in the last episode, so it yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm me and another uh, uh, performer. We're actually going to be doing a number to Marley and Marley. <laughs> I was gonna say no, please do Sattler and Waldorf. That that's yes, amazing. <laughs> I am Sattler. I'm the one with the mustache. Um, I love it. But uh, that's so you guys have to come see that. Uh, Marley and Marley. Marley. (laughs) And you know what? That's still, it still works that that's song that we're singing that song because it's ghosts. It's all ghosts and and it's spooky season. So it all works out. Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad I know that about Lunar Samhain now because I was very, I got confused for a second. Well, let's, you know, let's, let's segue into that. Let's talk about Samhain. And yes. not Samhain, which I've had so many people say, especially with the band being called Samhain. I'm like, are they really? Uh, like, are they trying um, to make me angry? Yeah, yeah, and right. There's so um, many movies and shows that get it wrong, too. Yes. Trick or Treat. Even though Trick or Treat doesn't get it wrong, necessarily, but they do name, like, the main character. I Like, the – I hesitate to call him an antagonist. Because there are much worse people in Trick or Treat other than like the little tiny pumpkin head boy that kills everybody. But I think they call him Sam as a joke about Sam Hayne. Oh, got it. Yeah. You know what show did get it wrong though that broke my heart? What? Fucking True Blood. I don't remember that, Blood, that being remember a thing on True, True Blood. True Blood got it wrong. It was the third season when all the witches came out and then Harry Potter's mean Aunt Petunia. Oh, played yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Um, but yeah, like a member of the coven, uh, she's also a waitress at, um, at, Merlots. at Merlots. And she was saying, it's like, oh, yes, we're witches. So we celebrate a, a, a holiday called Sam Hain. Oh, my God. And I was, and even then, like in high school, I was like, I, I, little, little burgeoning witch here. I didn't realize that I was a witch yet. I was like, I don't think that's right. I don't. I don't think you said that right. <laughs> and it, you have to wonder if it was a character choice or if, like, they really did get it wrong. But it seems like they would not, like, they would have somebody do any kind of research on how to say that. Well, especially like an episode all about like a coven. Yeah, a season all about a coven, and it's kind of like, somebody on set should have known something about it. <laughs> That's how I always felt. But yeah, go. Sorry, I. We'll we'll talk about that later. But, <laughs> well, because I don't want to ramble too much. Well, sure, yeah, we have limited yeah. time today. Yes, I'm actually doing yes. a daytime recording, which we don't uh, normally do. But the, our- the light yeah, burns. Cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Samhain, and it, and it is pronounced Samhain in um it's it's Celtic. It's pronounced 
Sawin or Sawin mm-hmm. or Sawin. Sawin, which is how they say mm-hmm. it in, in Scotland. Sawin is how they say it in um, in Wales? Welsh. Welsh, okay. and then Sawin is how they say it in Ireland. So it is a Celtic holiday, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, and it's based on on Scottish Gaelic. Um, for us as witches, where letters mean are, nothing, and this like, is because kind of kind of- people who are not witches love listening to our show because they love to learn more about about what we do. Um, <laughs> it's the it's the the time of the year when the veil is at its thinnest. So you know, our world as humans, the world of the fae and the world of the dead kind of sort of blend in one period of time as one. And that's when, you know, it's, it, it, because this is such an, an ancient, uh, you know, holiday, we call it our, you know, our new year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the traditions and the folklore are so old, that's how all of the superstition has come around and why we have witches and black cats and, you know, all of that, you know, stuff. Um, it's really known as a magical time and it is a magical time because we are in that point where we, you know, everything sort of energetically universally is connected because there's not these super harsh boundaries between them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's so powerful for, for witchcraft is because the spirits that aid or the energies that aid, it's so much stronger at that time. And, um, it's the, the other hinge is what they call it from Beltane, which is the first of around the first of May. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in Beltane, it, it's, it's about celebrating the sun coming back around. Now we're looking at the sun, you know, slowly dying over time into Yule and, uh, it's, um, y'all can jump at any time, but it's oh. kind of, <laughs> It's, I'm just fascinated. I'm enjoy- no, no, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm listening. Some of the some of the uh, like the superstitions or this folklore is like the Kaliach, the crone comes to strip mm-hmm. the leaves from the trees to quicken the decay of the flesh for the year, so that you know it can feed the new life to come. Um, once the sun starts to to come back after after Yule. Um, and it's kind of a time, like it, it, it was kind of known as a time of like having no, like time kind of loses its meaning and like past, present and future kind of all collide. And so a lot of things that people do at this time is they'll do a dumb supper. Um, that's one of the most uh, common traditions. Um, Irish and Scottish uh, people do that. It's, it's basically on Samhain Eve, you you are served supper in silence. You put a place at the head of the table for the ancestors. You put things that represent as far as food and drink and stuff for your ancestors there. Um, and, uh, back in the, back of the day, it was a, and I think that this was also, um, Oh, what was, what was the show that they did this where, or maybe it was a book I was listening to where they set this, they set the table, and all of a sudden, like people started coming in. Um, and uh, this is also supposed to be a time when like you communicate with the dead, you know, mm-hmm. stronger with communicating with the dead. So a lot of us do it as a, a time to to recognize our ancestors, build ancestral uh, altars. Um, but we're also looking at like why they did this kind of stuff. Like this is like when, 
you needed more protection for animals and your food supplies because you weren't going to have those. You're basically using your supply over the next, you know, six months mm-hmm. um, until things are growing again. And you've, you've, we've just went through the harvest season, which you're taking in everything and you're storing it now and you're and you're storing it and you're using it. And so a lot of times they did, um, they, they like, burned the bones of the animals that were slaughtered in the fire. Everyone uh, put their fires out in their homes and they used the bonfire to light their fires again. Um, But this is also where, you know, the whole jack-o'-lanterns came from as far as, you know, they were made to, because you're honoring and you're bringing in the good spirits, they were also trying to ward off any negative spirits or unwanted mm-hmm. spirits. And so that's where the costumes and the jack-o'-lanterns and all that kind of stuff came from. Is so costumes that, are to, to like trick evil spirits. Right. Yeah. It's from, yeah. from being able to take over your soul and mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Um, and that's why, you know, uh, you know, eggshells at the door and, or salt at the door. Um, this is when the Irish Morgan, uh, would rule, uh, mm-hmm. or, or Hecate, um, uh, or the Kaliach would, would kind of rule this night. You're looking at, at the, the more, um, goddess figures that can cross over. Um, would and Persephone be probably, Persephone not, is usually, um, yeah, it, Persephone, no, Persephone is actually, um, used more in in bulk than anything because i think mm. it's the whole her coming back up you know yeah. um okay. going under but yeah i know i know Persephone, yeah, she crosses cycle. over yeah, yeah she crosses cycle. over then she comes back yeah yeah um so this is you know this is one of the things that it's also a really good night for um doing tarot pulls or was, that's a or big thing for me yeah because Alan. Yeah, divination's a big time. Um, mirror scrying like that because you have so many uh, spirits and stuff around you to help. Um, mm-hmm. So many guides around you to help. I uh, usually um, I will go to my mother's grave on Salwin and usually sit down and do a terrible, which is actually pretty funny because um, when she was alive, she would have kicked my butt for having tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> But now she's but like, it's, really- this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one time during Samhain or I went, there's this place called, um, the witches. There's, there's two places in Paulding County, Georgia called the witches graveyard. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And one is really hard to access. And that is the witches graveyard is very hard to access, not impossible. Um, but you do have to drive down a dirt road and it can kick the shit out of your car. Mm. So like, be mindful of that. Um, it's, it's not scary. It does have a bit of a Blair witchy vibe because, um, the tradition, well, not the tradition, but like, the, the thing with this, I think it's called White Oak Cemetery. I might be wrong. I think it's called White Oak Cemetery, and it's in Paulding County, Georgia, near D- in Dallas. And I wanted to go see both of the graveyards, and I wanted to do tarot pools there. Um, I can't find any reason why White Oak Cemetery was called the Witch's Graveyard. I honestly just think it's because it looks kind of freaky. Yeah. So back in like the 1800s, early 1900s to about the 1950s, I think, um, the church, like the Baptist church, 
was off this little dirt road. And that's where their graveyard was. But then, um, you know, as the 20th century bloomed and, you know, all the innovation, they're like, we need a bigger church and we need it to be closer to the main road. And so they knocked down the church or I don't know if they knocked it down or just kind of like let it fall to ruin, basically. Um, and started a new graveyard in the new location. Yeah. And so from what I can gather, they took the gravestones. Oh. And I think they made like a memorial part of oh. their existing, of their new graveyard. But okay. they left the bodies because, right. you know, it's, you, you shouldn't it's dig up a body. Dig you, up bodies. You, Definitely shouldn't, you know, dig up and create a, an American Western civilization on Native American uh, burial grounds either, but we have yet to learn our lesson. Um, but um, we, but I think they left the bodies, but to mark where the bodies were, just to pay respects, they put like these very makeshift made out of sticks crosses on each one. So it was even and creepier. It is a little Blair Witchy. Yeah. Um, but it's that funny. cool as hell though. But the weird part is, so my great-grandparents are not buried there, but they're buried in the new White Oak Cemetery. And so that first time that I went there, my dad called me. And he's like, hey, what you doing for Halloween? And because he's a big old kid at heart. And and I said, I'm actually going to Dallas right now. And my family's from Dallas. My dad's family Mm -hmm. is. And I'm actually on my way to Dallas right now um, because there's two places there called the Witch's Graveyard, and I just thought it'd be cool to visit. And he said, "Well, hell, I'm near Dallas right now. I'll meet you at White Oak Cemetery. That's where your grandparents are. That's where your great grandparents are buried." And first, we went to the real one, like or the the new one, to pay our mm-hmm. respects to my great grandparents, his grandparents, and it was very sweet. And then he followed me to the creepy part. <laughs> Just to make sure I'd be okay. And we took some spooky Halloween pictures and then he had to go back to work. But, um, but then, uh, but then, yeah. And I did a little tarot card pull there. And then I went to the other witch's graveyard, which is really cool. And I really want to take you guys there because there's a waterfall. It's a waterfall and it's beautiful. Um, But it's hard to tell like, but yeah. Now, if you try to look online why these two places are called the witch's graveyard, you will not get a lot of information. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'll do like a witch's investigate and I'll report back to you guys oh. for a later, <laughs> a like later an awesome episode. Yes. That would be fun. But yeah, I, I do approve of doing tarot pools at graveyards, even if they are I'm Blair sorry. Witchy. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> even if, you know, your mom's a Christian or, you know, here's the thing. I can't go to my dad's, um, I can't go to my dad's grave and do a tarot pool because where is he? I don't know where my dad went. <laughs> my, I, I lost him. Oh no! I, I have my dad on my on my desk right now. <laughs> Part with some of his ashes. Oh no, Daddy, where'd you go? <laughs> this is not good. Well, I'll panic about that later. But yeah, yeah. Daddy, where'd you go? I don't know. <laughs> he's somewhere in the house. I know he's somewhere in the house. So that's good. He just sprouted legs. <laughs> I'm going so to another this one. Another big thing for for me specifically for on Salwin, and I'll wrap it up really quick because we yeah. only have like 20 minutes to talk about practical magic now. Yes. <laughs> but um, it's Salwin and just 
in general, like the very beginning of Scorpio season, I, I know mm-hmm. shadow work is a big theme for everybody, but I start craving shadow work. Like I'm craving yeah. silence. I'm craving darkness. I'm craving, like, I, I just want to plumb the depths of my own mind for a couple of months, which it sounds very navel gazy and a, a little, um, narcissistic, like, but I've, not at all. Yeah. I've noticed that it's happening without even being, um, conscious of it. Like, I'm not thinking that I don't want to be, uh, social or that I don't want to, yeah. you know, but it's just that I, I feel like it's, it's getting like you just harder. <laughs> so it's getting quieter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I want just more quiet, um, and solitude very much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you, also think about like, you know, the, the solar seasons, cause you know, October starts off with, you know, personable Libra, you know, mm-hmm. we all are kind of getting that residual, you know, people, people, person energy where, you know, we do want to party. We want to go to the Halloween parties and do all the Halloween stuff at the beginning of the month. But honestly, yeah. as Halloween's like starts and Scorpio season starts, that is a time for reflection and a time. Yeah. So that's not, that that's not, I think, un. What's what word am I? It's not an unfounded desire. If, okay. if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. Right. Oh, so I saw a meme today that I'm totally using this. But <laughs> it, it said, um, "Hallowed be thy ween." <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> I'm gonna say that to my very Catholic mom. <laughs> I'm gonna say I love that to it. Very Catholic mom. So one of the things that, that I've done so far for Stalin season, I guess, is last week they did um, Wussy Magazine here in Atlanta did Yay. a big screen viewing of Practical Magic. And, and we dressed up. And I guess I wasn't paying attention, but they had a costume contest that was amazing. Really? Um, Oh, yes. yeah, Wussy always does. Amazing. That's awesome. This girl actually wore, like, cutoff shorts and a T-shirt and her like her wellies and oh, for the for the uh fake yes, for the, scene. This, yeah for yes. that part but she tied these stuffed animal dogs behind her and she came running down the, <laughs> the aisle that's so good um but they and they did have a group that all came together and they were just their costumes were amazing they looked exactly like everyone um, and the aunts, she had the little lace umbrella and the hat. And I love it. It's so great. I'm so mad I wasn't able to get tickets for it because those tickets it went was, fast. It was interesting to see this movie at a queer event because, yeah. first of all, I was like, geez, this is a very hit movie. Like, you know, like <laughs> whenever I'm yeah. watching it. But then I think I realized how many people had not seen the movie before because there was so much laughter at everything. And oh. at times I'm like, but think of it as that much of a comedy. Line. Right, right, right. I, I always <laughs> found it funny. Yeah. No, it's definitely funny, but I don't think of it as like slapstick funny. Yeah, no, it's I, not I, like the aunts are the best. I think they were they were serving midnight margaritas at the theater and you know, like all that. Uh-huh. So I think you know, everyone was definitely like relaxed and loose and seeing this movie this movie, but it's so funny after just, you know, we had I think most of us have re returned to the books in the past six months and like just the difference in the books in this oh movie. God. Like they're just like it's like wow, this just really got super Hollywooded up, right? Um Yeah. Yeah, but, but in the still, best way. Because yes, like- and I love that that it's very nineties, but to me, like even the 
I would still dress that way. Like it's still to me oh, very yeah. timeless. Everything I, is very I timeless. love like I love Sally's like flowy floral dresses and little cardigans and I want like I, a J. Jill catalog. <laughs> yes. I, I just want that that sexy green dress that that Jilly wears. Oh, the velvet you know, one. When, she, when, yeah, when she's trying to seduce Hallett. Oh, the one by the oh, pool. I definitely oh, want the outfit by the pool. But when she's trying to not really seduce Hallett because she isn't going to do her sister that way. But, you know, like trying to sexily get him yeah. off their trail. He's, he's all, can I have my hand back, please? Can I have <laughs> yes. my hand? What What I love, though, like just just to – I will say I'm a huge bookworm. And I used to I, I used to do like this whole book vlog. I love books. And I like Practical Magic, the book. I do like it. However, I watched the movie. I watched the movie long before I ever read the book. And I was, and that's, that's your first, well, to to be fair, my, I didn't know that there was a book that it was Mm -hmm. based on. I was 14 and I was, it was just on HBO. I didn't know. Right. And even though that's dumb of me, because in the credits it says based on the book by Alice Hoffman, but you know, my own dumbass. But um I I just didn't know. And when I read the book, I was pretty excited for it. And it's very not it's like a movie. Totally at all. different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean well, it has it, it hits it hit it hits all the points. Mm-hmm. Like it's two aunts, two sisters, two daughters. Um, the daughter, I do like that the daughters have more of a personality and a bigger part in the book. Well, they're yes. fleshed um, out and like, they have a, a big part in the last book too. Yeah. yeah and I, and I do want to read that new book. Yeah. The, but, the whole series is great, but the, yeah, Practical Magic, the book is the weak link. And mm-hmm. I think it's probably only the weak link because we compare it to yeah. the movie, but it's like the sister relationship is not there. The aunts don't even mm-hmm. speak hardly. They're just like shadowy figures who... You and know, they're kind of mean. around. Yeah. They're, they're kind of mean in the book. Not mean, but they're very embittered in the book. Where you get the sense that they're a little bit you get the sense that Aunt Frances is maybe just a little bit bitter, but for the most part they're okay. Like they're not you know, they're just walking around the town saying hi to everybody yeah. in their fabulous outfits and their long flowing hair. And it's wonderful, but I don't I think there are I just think that the story works better as a film than it does as a book. You know, like it just, it, it it's kind of a story that was made for that Hollywood witch resurgence mm-hmm. in the nineties. You know, you got your hocus pocus, you got your craft, you got your, if you think about it, you kind of grow up with the witch movies because hocus pocus came out in 93 <laughs> and then the craft comes out in 95, I think. And then Magic comes out in um, it was 98. 98 yeah. So it's like, it's a little progression. You're growing up with the witchy shit. Right. And, the, and, and, it, and it progressively probably gets more child-friendly as it goes Because <laughs> yeah. I love Hocus Pocus more than anything. But, you know, they're talking about killing kids. And they keep saying virgin every 20 seconds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that would totally not fly in a Disney movie today. Right. My 12 um, year old has not seen that. And he would be like, oh no. And like stand up and walk out. And the, soon, the first time he heard that word. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what a virgin was, but you know what? They kept saying virgin all through these Disney movies. Um, 
No, they said virgin a lot in Disney movies in the 90s to the point where I was watching a 90s Disney movie with my cousin when I was like eight or nine. And I said, Emmy, what's a virgin? Someone who hasn't had sex yet because they're from Tennessee. What? Okay. Hey, Emmy, what's sex? (laughs) (laughs) And then she had to explain to me what sex was. And so, yeah, (laughs) that's how I learned. That to me too. That's interesting. They didn't come from either of our parents. It's, a, it's always a cousin. It should be a cousin. I think it's it's yeah. It's I say aunt, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's always the ants. I will say just just to be a little bit nitpicky about the movie. I do love this movie, but I did watch it with one of my friends. We were actually watching it for like another like movie vlog that we were doing, but we never got around to like uploading this this review. But we did watch the movie. And, um, I remember he did not like it, but he doesn't like a lot of the movies that I made him watch during our little movie vlog, um, situation. (laughs) Uh, he did not like it for one very specific reason. And that's what he, he thought the ants were reprehensible. Really? And I was like, how part of the movie? Yeah. I was like, how can you hate aunt Jet and aunt Francis? And he said, well, and I kind of agree with him on this. He's like, they know that Maria's curse will kill a man who loves an Owens woman. So they cast a spell for to Sally to fall, fall in love. Right. And they're like, but they didn't, didn't think actually, she would fall in love. They okay. Didn't. But at the same yeah, time, like, yeah, but like, think it through ladies. I do I kind of agree. Cause I'm like, okay, think it through ladies. Come on. You guys are smart. Um, it's another whole arc that was not in the book. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm not, oh, also, I, as much as I love this movie, I love this movie. I think it's, you know, eight out of 10. I love this movie. However, I do think it has a tone problem. Okay. Um, it doesn't always cinematically hit the beats that it should. And this is me. And I'm, I'm going to try not to get too pedantic about this. Um, like Sally wakes up and she hears the death watch beetle. And she knows that Michael's about to die. And she just like covers her face yeah. with a pillow. It, it, she covers her p- face and it's, and it's okay. Cause it's like, that's not a bad scene. That's fine. Like this whole scene wouldn't be that bad except like this whole sequence of like waiting for Michael to die. Like, I hate to say it like that, but that's essentially yeah. what the audience is doing. But first of all, there's a quirky guitar music playing over it. It's a that Nick is- Drake song. Yeah, it's too it, – I mean, the the first song when she falls in love with Michael, uh, that it's the way you – I'm like, oh, yes, yes. My little <laughs> 90s country girl heart. I was I was so into it. But when she's actually looking for the Death Watch beetle and she's like peeling – first of all, the, the, the image of her peeling up all the floorboards, it's a bit too comedic. And I always love that part though. I, I love I it, but I love it. But I still acknowledge that it's a tone problem because it's it's supposed to be a, a pretty tense scene. Yeah, I don't think but, I ever but, saw it as comedic. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's not comedic, but it's it's hitting comedy notes because first first it's just showing Michael and then it immediately cuts. It does a hard cut to Sally peeling up the floorboards mm. while a kind of a whimsical, quirky guitar rift is playing over it that I think that kind of guitar rift should only really be for comedy scenes. Uh. And then everything's okay. And then he gets hit by a fucking truck. And I'm like, whoa, left well, field. They, they did try well, to fake you out. 
I, yeah, I feel that's like fair. That they do try to figure you out, but then also, I don't take that guitar, um, the guitar as comedic. It sounds very tense, not mm-hmm. like evil tense or like dark tense, but like like you're up against time. Like that's yeah. the that's, that's the how, way. That's how I feel about it. it. Like you're up against May- time. And it's 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 fast. You know, it's also so a maybe, very dark song in general. That's just the bridge of it. So I right. I connect it to the actual song. I'll listen to the actual song and maybe that'll kind of like change my, I I don't know what song it's referring to. I just remember the guitar mm-hmm. and it's, it, it is tense, but it, in my head it's, it should, it's tense in the way a romantic comedy is, t- is tense. That's like a will they, won't they tense music right then, mm-hmm. right then and there for that bridge. And, but I still, I mean, I still like, I, I still do like a bit of the, the moments of the scene. I, I don't, I like watching her peel up the floorboards, but at the same time, I just think it was like, this is a weird tone. This is a yeah, weird okay. tone that this movie is setting right now. And then I feel like it was completely intentional because they did the little fake out with the bikes zooming past him. Yeah. Um, and you're I, like, yeah. and he smiles and you're like, okay, it's fine. And, and then, then she's they, okay. And then you're yeah. down and then it's bam. Yeah. I, I also, so again, I love this movie, but so remember how, I don't know if you guys, I, I sent, I think I sent it to y'all back when we were doing our witch's watch of love, Witch, I was talking about this movie reviewer that I really loved Kyle Calgren, who talked about love, Witch, and one of my favorite things he says about the movie is this movie was filmed on location inside of a cake. I feel like Practical, <laughs> Practical Magic was filmed on location inside of a cheese ball because some of it's very cheesy. Sure. <laughs> but in a good way. In a delightful okay. way. Cheese is, cheese is good for you. It helps you poop and it gives you protein. I love me some oh, cheese. Lord. But it is very cheesy. Like when Aunt Jet is all like, my little witch, let's go inside and cast some yeah. spells. I'm like, oh, that's so cheesy, but I love it. Or you know, when I'm so I fucking love it. <laughs> I loved I about love that, though, which is one of the things I loved and like hit home so hard for me whenever I first saw Harry Potter for the first time, the the first movie was you're in a reality of someone that has never been told that magic isn't real. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I love about that. Yeah. There is one issue, and Hillary and I were talking about this the other day. And I could, it could be something that I am not knowledgeable about. I think it was a mispronunciation, but I hate mighty hectate. Yes. Oh, that, that pisses me off so much. I just, I I know I just, that was the pronunciation for like years because of that. For years. I thought that's how you said it. And how is it hectate? There's not even a second T. Like, I my, I my thing is, I'm wondering like, if if whoever was like, because Griffin Dunn directed this, right? He's an actor. Yeah. Um, and but I'm wondering if at some point someone was just superstitious about doing this and actually they didn't want to actually cast a spell. Yeah, oh, and so or like actually giving the word a name that could be used. You know, so yeah. I'm I've always been curious about that. The other thing that Hillary did not know until we went to go see this, which I've known for de- for decades is that the house is not real. Like it's not an yeah. actual location and they built it for the movie and then they tore it down immediately after it was done. And so because it was mostly a crime it was against humanity. 
Yes, it was, and and the, like, there's also the like, well, who the hell is going to go and build the actual one that can stand forever <laughs> and be a museum to this movie? Because you know, people do pilgrimage. I would go there yearly and watch, yes. uh, like where where it is. But yeah, um, a lot of people don't realize that the house was just, and I found this out years ago, like in the early aughts, I guess. Um, I was doing, I was in school for interior design, and I was doing research on on some stuff online. And it was in Victorian Home Magazine. And it had been, like, it had been actually spotlighted. And they were like, you know, it's not actually, um, it's not actually a a home that's standing, but a lot of people love it for the Victorian accents in the house and stuff. And so Mm -hmm. um, this icon of this movie was just, like, was this big facade. And I, it's like, that's one of the things that a lot of people get really upset when they learn. But um uh, and and I think I don't know a single witch that does not want to have that house, like uh, that I, kitchen I, and the greenhouse. Modern love, you know, like I would still live in that house. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that yeah. that house that it's it's funny because it, you couldn't really get too far apart in these types of movies, but it's like a Nancy Myers kitchen on steroids. Yeah, <laughs> I love me like a Nancy Myers interiors. Like yes. I. Any of those movies, I I want the houses. Door, mm-hmm. yes. yes. But that and, like, I, I've wanted a greenhouse so badly off of my kitchen ever since I first saw that movie. The scene where right. she's, like, talking to him in the greenhouse about, like, there's no there's no devil in the craft. And, right. you know, your badge doesn't have special powers. It's because you believe in it. Yeah. I love that scene. I know. Me too. I really, really well, love it. Like, a roof you can go out on. and And it's on the water like jesus christ and it's funny because when you listen like you know i i've read the books and then i listened to them the last time because i was having this long commute and it was nice to sort of be able to have the house to picture yes and you know whenever you're they're talking about things in the house and Mm -hmm. you know even like maria yeah the painting of maria yeah. Going back and forth. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was, I don't know. It's nice having the, those thoughts and the dark wood and everything. Cause it is, it is a dark house. It's not like this mm-hmm. light and bright house, right? No, but it's huge and open. So you can have all that darkness in there. It's like cottage yeah. core goth. Yes. yes. Which yes. I mean, Fish. describe yeah. my entire aesthetic. Right. <laughs> It's like, I feel like all, all witches to an extent are a little cottage core goth. A little bit. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, do yeah. hear that out with, well, not, I'm not a huge cottage core. This is the thing. I'm a oh, mid-century person, but I also wanted to be kind of witchy goth and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do that with my house. Well, you're, mid, you're my house back together. You're mid-century in the way the Adams family is mid-century. Oh, they're mid-century. That's an interesting. Yeah. Comparison. They're, they're basically. I mean, they're still kind of get that 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 Victor as to to quote the greatest movie ever made, Victoriana vibe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, to yeah, I mean, you you are mid century, but yeah, uh, so is Morticia Adams, and I mean that right. in the best possible way because <laughs> <laughs> I I need to be careful because my compliments never sound like compliments. That's no. <laughs> I think I'm a little, 
I, I totally would really love to be to Morticia Adams. I've wanted <laughs> to be her ever since I was a child. So, this is totally <laughs> and then and then then it just got better as I got older, and they could bring the characters out even more, you know, and uh, and be more in the the now versus you know the sixties, a black and white. Um, but yeah. yeah, but still, I loved her back then. Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I always I love Angelica Houston's take on it. And I feel like that is now like the quintessential Morticia when people think about it. I did love the original Morticia though, because there was just something so bubbly about it. Like she was still like dark and and dramatic, but it's like, she's like, black is such a happy color. Like there was just something so bubbly about it that I really liked. Yeah. Morticia's big eyes too. And that was part of it. Yeah. 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 I uh, loved Royal Julia as Gomez though. All right, I'm yeah. so sad about that. But yeah, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to move this on to Adam's family. We're talking okay. about magical <laughs> magic. <laughs> so um, we were talking about <laughs> about the you writing a musical, <laughs> right? And so yeah, they, yeah, we I have did. like this um, whole so like, this happened this whole long thing. This happened. So this happened five years ago i was i was a new i i had gotten my first apartment by myself i was working a job that i absolutely despised and i had just started or somebody who looks just like me started dancing burlesque so i was a young little baby at this point mm-hmm. and um uh shishka baby as our lord and savior mary sanderson says <laughs> where is it what did I do with it? Okay. I have so many screenshots right now. It's annoying. I was like, what did you lose? You didn't lose your dad again, did you? No, no, I found my dad. Guys, I found my dad. He's right here. He's right here. <laughs> he did not sprout legs and run away. I would say, say, hey, dad, but that was very morbid. I'm sorry. Hi. I'm going to say this. Your dad is about the same size as my cat. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's like a tiny little urn. Yeah. Yes. Well, well well, my dad, I mean, he was a, he was six foot three. We, we split him up. Like, I know oh. that sounds weird, but like me and my brother have matching urns. Yeah. We, yeah. we wanted to match and my right. stepmom got a little heart urn oh. and I kind of want to go back to the um, funeral home and get a, a necklace because my therapist has one of, for her dad. And she says mm-hmm. that it helps a lot. Um, because sometimes I was keeping him in my purse for a while, but he was getting like all That seems a little risky. Yeah, he was he was getting jostled. So, yeah. but sorry, <laughs> talking about I she knocked her mom off of the the fireplace mantle. Oh God! Yeah. A lot of her mom ended up in the vacuum cleaner. Oh no! <laughs> oh, uh, I yeah. <laughs> so anyway, oh, uh, back in 2018, I I had a sick day, um, and. I kept getting tagged in, like our friend Rula tagged me in this, and an- another friend from college tagged me in this meme as well. I'm about to burp. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> normally, I would mute my microphone, but I was right in the middle of, of talking, so that would have been. Thank weird. you for announcing. <laughs> oh no, I do that all the time. Out, by the way, yeah, <laughs> I, I've done that on first dates, and I don't know why I'm single. Um, some guys <laughs> find it charming, or at least they say that, and then I. I don't get a text back. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, why should we be ashamed of something that our bodies do naturally? That's so dumb. There's more right. things to be ashamed about. Um, 
but there it was a it was a tech it was a tweet or a x eat i don't know oh who knows i don't know fuck elon Ugh. anyway (laughs) it's a sheet sheet. yeah um somebody uh a person uh whose twitter handle at the time was sunny nacia i want to give credit where it's due uh sunny like s-u-n-n-y n-a-c-i-a not to be like a stickler but i like to give credit um they wrote movie idea it's mama mia except it's set in the forest and everyone is a witch and it's fleetwood mac songs instead of abba two people yes two people tagged me in this and my thing i was like this is just practical magic. It would just, it would have to be practical magic, the musical, but with Fleetwood Mac songs. Mm-hmm. And I was sick that day. And I think I was watching, I, I may have been watching practical magic on my sick day. I may have actually been watching professor Marston and the wonder woman, which may have ignited a bit of my bisexuality, just a little bit, uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, there were a lot of signs along by highway. Uh, but so I wrote out a playlist for what I think a practical magic musical. Ah, okay. Uh, and I am going to be mentioning one of the songs from, I believe it's the dance album. It's, it's the G slur is the oh, name of the right. song. Um, I am going to mention it. I am not endorsing the use of that word at it's all. Still, it's such a good song. It's a good song, but I'll, I'll explain it when I, so the first song, the opening number would not be like a big grand opening number. It would be more like in the style of Mamma Mia, you know, Sophie starts it off with, I have a dream. Um, I'm a big old theater nerd, um, but it would start <laughs> off with storms from the Tusk album sung by Maria. Cause if y'all know the song storms, it's, you know, it's basically feeling like, you know, you sort of, you know, you've been abandoned and it's, and also there's the, the line in the chorus um uh it's a deadly call inside and you know some uh, the curse does become deadly mm-hmm. and so it'd be sung by maria when she casts the curse on any man that dares love a owen woman no one's woman and then the second song would be an instrumental song of beautiful child and but uh the aunts or the aunts because they're in i think um, New England, uh, they would sing the first three lines of Beautiful Child, where it's literally just the word, the phrase, beautiful child, beautiful child, you are a beautiful child. Mm-hmm. And then that would be it, uh, because then the rest of the song doesn't make sense with the, um, with the uh, scene. Oh, so that's why it's <laughs> instrumental. Yeah. Um, and because I also want it to be like foreshadowed. Um, can you guys still hear me? Yeah. yeah, I also want it to be foreshadowed because it is going to be sung later on. Um, then the third song would be Gold Dust Woman, and it's sung by the aunts and the townspeople. And that's when, like, the townspeople are gossiping about the Owens, you know, the witch, okay. witch, you're a bitch. Kind of thing. That's such a cheesy fucking line. I've never oh been my able God. to t- Do they flip back and forth between you're a bitch and you're a witch? Yes. So I don't think. So I don't think. So I saw it sometimes. I saw it originally on HBO Max, but I have seen it a couple times on TBS. So they and they will, they'll do Witch Witch, You're a Witch for for cable. Uh-huh. And then they'll do Witch Witch, You're a Bitch. Now, here's the thing, though. Those little child actors, God bless them. I hope they're doing really well. <laughs> but they were... <coughs> they were um, sweet little child actors. We're just going to leave it at that. Because... <laughs> 
they they I think they dubbed their voices a couple times. Okay, sorry. Oh lord. Sorry, a little coughing fit. It's autumn. Mm-hmm. So that ragweed's killing me. Um oh. but you can see it's so it's eighty yard. And they and they don't AD, they ADR the kids a little bit and understandably so you know at that age they slur their words and stuff mm-hmm. um, because all children are little drunks um, but that, a comedian <laughs> said that I don't remember who um, but I love it. Uh, yeah but when they're initially throwing the rocks at little Sally and little Jilly you can mm-hmm. see some of them are saying which bitch you're a bitch and then some of them are saying which which you're a bitch. Um, but yeah, it's, so they weren't all clear on what they were supposed to say. Also, one of the little kids, the one that goes, the one that, um, Kylie curses with chicken pox Mm -hmm. and, um, I hate the whoosh that they put on her finger. Like that's, that's just so (laughs) So cheesy. Again, I love it. I I love, I love that moment. (laughs) I, I love the cheese. I, I love the cheese. But part of loving the cheese is acknowledging that the cheese is there. So I do yeah. love it. I yes. will make fun of it. Yes, um, well, I also like that it emphasizes that that is one way to direct power, right? Is to just, and it's, so it emphasizes that like you point, but it's also one of the reasons why we teach people not to point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. People, right? It's one of the old, like, uh, superstitions. You don't point at people, especially yeah. if you're talking badly about them or whatever. But, no, I, I love that moment because it is like – because when she says, Kylie, put your finger down, yeah. you know, I, I think that even the, the dullest of mentality – would be able to get what they were trying to say, right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that about, like, the pointing thing. I just thought it was rude to point just because mom always told me to. But that, that's pretty cool. I, I like that. Dude, there's which, always a reason. Stuff? There's always a reason behind everything. There's yeah, it's like witches that are being blamed, yeah. It's usually a witchy reason. But yes. um, real, real quick, um, yes. just because we're talking about, like, mispronunciations and stuff, I actually watched it again last night, uh-huh. and um, – replayed the hectate part over and over again and there's a part where they actually cut to the grimoire and it's real fuzzy but i paused it tried to take a screenshot amazon doesn't like that but it's it's written hectate in in the stuff so it's not just somebody being like no 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 pronounce it like this like they it was very so i'm wondering i guess if we were right if it's you know if it is the uh maybe just the whole superstition of let's not use Hecate. Mm-hmm. Let's, not, let's not summon Hecate while we're filming a movie. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I do remember I got so mad. Well, not mad, but it was, it was just annoying. Um, cause one, one of my big pet peeves is being told that I'm mispronouncing something when it's actually somebody else. Now I have mispronounced things in the past and I've even been guilty of, of doing that same thing, but I'm trying to be more understanding about it. But in the past I have, I'm sorry if I'm making mouth noises. Um, in the past, like I will try to pronounce something and then I will be corrected in like a really bitchy way. There was this bitch that I went to college with and I don't care if she hears this. Maybe I talked about it before on the podcast, but we were talking, we were in a film class together and we had to review films and it was modern films. And she did great Gatsby, 
because mm-hmm. she was that girl. I'm going to do Gatsby. And I was doing Now You See Me. And Isla Fisher is I in love that movie. Yeah. I love Now You See Me. It's so, again, it's, it. it's camp, but Mark Ruffalo is daddy in it. He, he is so daddy. Yeah. Yeah, There's, yeah. Mm. and Jesse Eisenberg is a little is a little bitch, but he's always a little bitch. So it's he's fine. always a little bitch. He does it really yeah. well. Yeah, but I loved Isla Fisher in it, and um, her name is Isla Fisher. It's Isla, not Isla, not and, <laughs> and I was and me and this girl, she was sitting next to me, and I just kind of like looked glanced over at her computer screen because we were both working on our projects at the same time. And I was like, "Oh, Isla Fisher's in my um, is in is in my movie too. That's cool." Just offhandedly, I was just making polite conversation, and she looks at me and she gives me the meanest look, and she goes, "It's Isla Fisher." Oh God! And I'm like, and she doesn't mean say Isla. She said Ilsa, and I'm like, "That's yeah. not even phonetically Isla. I can understand that's phonetic, but yeah. you said Ilsa," and I'm like, and I was trying to be nice, and I was like, "Are you sure?" Yeah, and she was just so mean about it. And then on top of that, like the year before we did the Scottish play, I'm not going to say the name, um, but my friend, my best friend, um, got the part of Hecate. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you can say Hecate or Hecate um, in, you know, Greek, in like the Greco-Roman language, you would usually pronounce the E as E, okay. but A also works. So Hecate, Hecate, both work. But everyone kept saying Hecate. Mm. Hecate and yes, yeah, I and I was like, no, like that whole like the the e makes changes the vowel sound. That's a Westernized English thing. That's not Greco Roman. And Hecate is a Greco Roman goddess. And um, you ever sang the Call of the Goddess song? Yeah, and you know so, how to and, sing it? Like, uh, like I then, think uh, you know, young or 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 witches that are just getting started. That's like one of the first mm-hmm. um, like chants that you learn. Right. Or yeah. in Wicca, I should say in Wicca specifically. Yeah. Not necessarily and, Wicca. and it's, but it was funny. Cause, and I eventually looked at Justine. She's the one who played Hecate and she did an amazing job, by the way. Um, I was like, Hey, Justine. Cause she, it's not that she was, she wasn't mispronouncing it on her own. She was mispronouncing it because everyone around her was mispronouncing mm-hmm. it. Right. Right. And so I was m- making a joke with her and I was like, Hey, Justine, if you're not drinking hecka coffee, you're drinking hecka tea. It's like, hecka tea. It's hecka tea. <laughs> and uh, and then also I was trying to tell the other girl, Bobby, the one that yelled at me about Isla Fisher or Ilsa Fisher. It's Isla Fisher. I tried to explain to her. It's like, yeah, it's supposed to be hecka tea. She would like not pronounce it right on purely on the basis that somebody corrected her. And so she kept going hecka and I'm like, She's okay, that can work, I guess. But you're, I know why you're doing that. You're just trying to be a bitch. But um, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a salty ass mood. Uh, but anyway, I'm sorry. Oh, but the other little thing about the kid that um, she puts chicken pox on. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm watching it, because I've seen it a million times, and it's at that point where I've seen it so much that it becomes riffable, but in yeah. a loving way. That kid does not know how to eat a lot uh, 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 he does not know how to eat a popsicle just, okay. just go back i'm not gonna explain it just go back and watch that scene where the kid is trying to eat a popsicle and he is struggling <laughs> <laughs> and it's like i'm watching it like this is so awkward like, like 
not only do they not know how to say witch and bitch, <laughs> but now they don't know how to eat popsicles. Like, so yeah, it was just very funny. But I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to be ragging on this kid. I'm sure he's a very nice man. Um, he was in Veronica Mars. Really? Uh, yeah, I, it's funny because I've never, I had never watched Veronica Mars, and Hillary's got me watching it, and um, he's in I an episode of it, and I'm like, I never saw the I'm like that kid looks really, fam- oh, that's the chickenpox kid. They <laughs> <laughs> hex you. They hex you. I mean, I was loving it. I'm like, dude, go for the goal. You have like, you have like three lines in this movie, and you are making everyone count. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Um, but yeah, Goldust Woman while the while things are being thrown at them. Okay. And then, so in the soundtrack of the movie, they call it the Amas Verita song. Yeah. Really, it's I. Maybe it's, I'm hearing it wrong. It's just crystalline. It's crystalline. It's, yeah. It's literally just crystalline. So I put they use it as the score. Yeah. And then the I put crystalline instrumental or Amas Veritas for young Sally when she's creating the Amas Verita spell. Okay. And then the I want the aunts to sing dreams while Jilly is running away because mm-hmm. I, you know, I like so that. here you go again. You say you want your freedom. I'm like, yeah, yeah that yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. And then when Sally is falling in love with Michael because her aunts did something insanely unethical, um, she's singing, you make loving fun because we got to give some Christine McBee love here. Yeah. And also that's, and also and when they're like dancing and they're like doing a little train with it, like holding each other's hair and stuff, I that's so that. cute. And I was like, you make love and fun. That's what that's got to be. And then I when Jill- Sandra Bullock is the cutest dancer. Yes. I love her. She's so like, cute. Looking, looking at the difference between her dancing and Nicole Kidman dancing in the kitchen scene yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. Cause you can tell like Sandy used to get down. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nicole. Nicole's trying to be like cute still and Sandy's all like, nope, I'm drunk and I'm going to be sexy. Um, but uh, then when Jilly and, and when, when Jill, not when they're writing to each other, but when Jilly is singing about Jimmy, um, like she's hanging out with Jimmy and um, that's when she sings Belladonna because that makes the most sense. And plus, like, I don't know the whole um, coming out of the darkness you are in love with like that. That seems like a Jilly line. So not only is so it because I, it's this is where I thought about that and in another place, like maybe after Jimmy's dead. Well, but, I did put a but, reprise of it. So, but I also think that Songbird, like, you know, whenever she's going and, and the one thing that I think has always been sort of a, um, in the movie, that's always been a question for people is did Jillian, actually drive all the way to visit her sister or did she actually project and i've always thought of it as astral projection okay because she looks in the mirror and then she closes her eyes right and but that's her that's her astral projection because you see the sky changes and all this other stuff and there's no way she could drive in one night from oh, Arizona. Yeah. Well, actually, to New England? they're not in New England. They're not in New England. They're in Washington. So oh. they're, um, but it, it, I always took it more as her doing actual projection and then being with her because I've when, when, when Sally wakes up, she sees the dent in the pillow, but she's not yeah. there. Right. Right. And, and she thought, can like, the dent being in the pillow 
kind of prove that she was there. Yeah, and know. she can like smell her sister on the pillow. Yeah, like, but I think that you can still do like I think that that's all part of astral projection as well. Like it's, okay. um, I like that take. Yeah, because she would never have been able to leave and come back in time for Jimmy to not catch her. Yeah, she had left. That's true. Yeah, unless she just really dosed him up with Belladonna, like holy shit! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you if you give a person enough Belladonna to uh, sleep for like a night or like two nights, you probably killed them. Uh, don't yeah. take Belladonna. Don't take Belladonna, my lovely. Yeah, even though um, Sally says people put it in their tea to relax them, just don't mess with it unless you know yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah no, just don't. Um, but yeah, the new song. Sorry. No, so- Songbird works. I like Songbird. Because that can happen like, singing, after Belladonna. Yeah, because she's singing In Case of You in the car when mm-hmm. she's driving, and that's not... But Songbird sounds the... Closest-ish. You know, yeah, but it's also, yeah. like, such a... And it, it's, it's a song I used to sing as a lullaby to my kids, because it's not just a... It's not just a song for a lover, it's the song for somebody that's really in your heart, right? Yeah. And so, like, and so to me, I thought like singing as she's going to her sister. So mm-hmm. that was that was my that was my one comment in your. You can keep going in your list of songs. Real quick, as we had talked about song. maybe talking about like our favorite scenes and our least favorite scenes or whatever. The yeah. case of you scene has always been my favorite, and part of that is that I'm really really close to my sister, but she's nine years older than me, so she went to college when I was ten. Right. So there was always this long distance kind of thing. Right. And just like to this day, I love the the driving part. I really like your take, Ursula. I don't know if I had heard that before or not. I might have. But yeah. um the part where like Sally opens her eyes and Jilly's right there and doesn't say anything and she's just like, I was really happy and started crying. I cannot watch that scene without crying. I've seen this movie yeah. a million times. Yeah. Yeah. I swear to God. And just watching Sandra Bullock just crumble like that. Yeah. yeah. She's so good in this. They're all so good. Even when yeah. they're a little bit cheesy, they're all so good in this movie. I, um, uh, the scene that always gets me, it doesn't make me cry, but it does like get me. I guess I've just seen it too many times. It's when she, I know we were talking about it and I said that I, I had a problem with the tone of the scene. When she looks up, when she knows that the bike's like past yeah. Michael yeah. And she kind of smiles because she's like, okay, he's okay. Just to immediately sense that he got hit by the truck and then her mm-hmm. face changes. That is the one that gets me real hard. Yeah. but My, um, Mine and it, like no matter what, every single time, and I think this is from my, from my past experiences working, doing coven work, is, and I'll, <laughs> I'll cry talking about it now. It is um, when the women... Grab hands and grab hands. Yeah. Grab hands, yeah. Yeah. Aww. No, that one, that definitely gives me chills. I just cry every time because it's like, if someone's never done work like that, that is what it feels like, mm-hmm. is that scene of, of all of these women who are so different and, and coming together for like one singular purpose and not having barriers with doing that kind of work yeah you know like once they're all together and doing that like that's You're the, making that's me want to do group work more <laughs> <laughs> no, do it, like it kills me every single time and it's like 
and it's even right before something really cheesy happens, right? Like the the light bursts and billions yeah. yeah, released yeah. or whatever. But it's just like seeing those women like uh, coming together because they were they came together strongly at the beginning, even of the circle. But and um, when they realized that it was going to end up hurting her, like by creating circle together, but it's that like moment, like it just yeah. kills me every time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Shay. Sorry, we. I'm sorry. Pulled you no, off I was, track I, many times. No, um, <laughs> but I was going through it, and I was like, oh, there's actually a better. Uh, there's a place where Songbird will work better than. So I would leave Belladonna where it is, where yeah. I have it right now. And then after that, when I, I know this is so quintessential Fleetwood Mac, and I'm sorry, but I did put um, <laughs> uh, Landslide for Sally, sung by Sally after her yeah. husband dies. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't have a Fleetwood Mac musical without Landslide. And God, the- all right. I would ball like a baby at that. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> that, that song makes me cry anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so instead like of doing every, like, every year I get a little older and it means something slightly more intense and it just yeah. keeps on growing and growing. Yeah. I, I think I've sung that song to myself so much that it's one of the reasons I stayed single for so long and I'll explain. Um, <laughs> so I heard this theory that whatever songs you sing, you're manifesting into the universe. Mm. So, you know, I'm just manifesting. Oh, Trump drive off a cliff but um, <laughs> I don't I don't care I, I, I don't I don't care if that puts gets me on a list I'm probably already on a list um <laughs> but I did um after me and my last really real like relationship ended I kept singing landslide because it really the line that gets me is the I've been afraid of changing because yeah. I build my life around you and it's like I just you know, like, holy shit. I don't, after a while, I was like, I don't want to build my life around anybody right now. I need mm-hmm. to build my life around myself. So I've sung that I, to myself so many times that I've. I feel like that song <laughs> applies to like everybody and whatever specific thing they're going through. Cause for me, it was like, I grew up listening to that song. Yeah. And then one day it came on the radio, like three weeks after my mom died. And it was just like, bam, like, so that's, I've always identified it with that, you know? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Same. I've always heard that song too, but I was in the car driving home from work one day when that song came on, when I was going through my divorce and I was like, yeah, like I just started bawling in the car because it it was, it completely is exactly what I had gone through before in, in that relationship, you know, like losing myself in, in, and who, who I was um, in the whole thing. And so, yeah, I think it's really, I think you can listen to it and anytime you're going through it in one way or another, and it's going to have, that's what people like about it. Okay. So Sally singing that will bring the house down and everybody will be crying. Yes. And that's why you need to get like uh, a high alto or a mezzo with a low register Mm -hmm. to really, really Uh bring it home. Um, even though it's weird, Stevie is an alto, but she always sings the soprano parts. Um, understandable because Christy V was a contralto. So, um, but so instead of doing uh, the first verse of Crystalline or Crystalline with Jillian Sally, I think I would just replace that with Songbird because we don't need Crystalline in there twice. Okay. Because we're already putting Belladonna or not or a beautiful child in there twice. So yeah, uh, Ursula is right, and that needs to be Songbird. 
um, because that's when Jill, that's when Jilly visits Sally for the first time. So yeah, that should be Songbird. I ch- I changed my mind on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, then ten is another Gold Dust Woman reprise for when Sally opens her botanical shop. Um, the entire then, reason that I got into kitchen witchery is yes. because of that shop. I and I just love. The women that work there, little Margot yes. Martindale and the lady from uh, Shameless. Shameless. Yeah. I love her. I love her. She's so cute. Um, and then after She's that, the I, place. I wrote like the letter medley, which would be sung by Jilly and the aunts and the kids while Sally writes a letter. But it would only be the verses. It would be containing verses from Sarah um, because that's good for Jilly, you know, because he was just like a great dark wing within the winds of the storm to describe mm-hmm. Jimmy. And then it would be the the song that has the problematic title. We're gonna call yeah. it. Um, we're gonna call it the Velvet Underground. Um, yeah. Just mainly, I I know that most people wouldn't be offended if I said the name of the song, but just in case, I I don't want to make anybody feel bad um, because there's always the line "Lightning strikes maybe once, maybe twice," and that's mm-hmm. perfect for Sally because she doesn't know if lightning is gonna strike twice. Um, and then. I don't know if y'all know the song The Ledge from the Tusk album. Mm-hmm. It's a fucked up song. And holy shit, Lindsay Buckingham. You know what? You can afford therapy, Lindsay. Like, I <laughs> promise you, you can afford therapy. You don't have to viscerally scream this song at your ex-partner while while drumming on a tissue box. Because that's what happened a lot on Tusk. He was doing a lot of experimental drumming. And it was oh. weird. Um Oh, I think uh, they were equally like traumatic oh, yeah. to each other. <laughs> that's fair, but Ledge is like a that's an angry ass song. But okay. um but yeah, Ledge would be sung by Jimmy and Jilly, uh, while Jimmy is being abusive. And then I wrote the next song would be the Tiger Eye Melody, because Blood on the Moon, Blood on the Moon, mm-hmm. where's my tiger's eye? Um, sung by Sally, Jilly, and Jimmy when they're trying to rescue when when she's trying to rescue Jilly and it would be a mashup of Belladonna and the ledge. And then because, um, because the ants are presenting cause they're taking care of the kids while Sally is going to rescue Jilly. Um, don't let them pre- make it under the full moon. <laughs> the nudity is entirely optional, dear, as you well remember. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, they would be doing sisters of the moon, uh, because, you know, uh, they would be singing Sisters of the Moon while the aunts are presenting. And I would really love it if the aunts did a burlesque number to this. Like, not like full on, like naked, but like something, you know, like something very, very, very Dita. Cheeky. Um, yeah, very <laughs> cheeky. And then, but it's also Sisters of the Moon. So Sally and Jilly are, are trying to help each other and resurrect Jimmy. And um, I just think that would be a really... Because it's kind of like a sinister sounding song and it's kind mm-hmm. of a creepy ass scene. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, uh, just a little non sequitur here. Again, I love this movie. But again, I've seen it so many times that sometimes you just subconsciously pick it apart without actually meaning to. So two of the actors are putting on an accent. Um, yes. Nicole Kidman is from Australia, but she's putting on a, 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 a Western American I feel like accent. she does good. She did a really good job. And then um, what's his face that plays Officer Hallett, a- Aiden Quinn. He is from Chicago. 
um, but he is putting on this Arizona accent, yeah, very, very Western Texas. Actually, it's, it's more Texas. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and Nicole Kidman does an amazing job except for one line when they're dragging Jimmy into the house and Nicole can, and, and Jilly says, careful, Sally, watch, watch his, his balls. balls. <laughs> it's such an Australian way to say, but she says bowls. She doesn't say balls. She says, you watch him. <laughs> and I was like, why are you, why do you care about his balls? Like fucking <laughs> like, you're you're gonna gonna moments, it's like they're inserting a little bit of humor. Like they do that yeah. a lot of serious and it is like, because it does turn real dark real fast, right? Yeah. So I think they just like, you know, and there's those little tiny things that do it. Like whenever they're trying to bring Jimmy back, when she's like remembering the words that they're supposed to be saying and she dips her finger in the whipped cream. Oh, and like, <laughs> like, you know, so there's, there's these little like moments that I think are supposed to. You need them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it needs it at the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then watching that movie and then seeing all those like little things like eating the whipped cream and, mm-hmm. and things and, um, well, like when the lightning strikes and they're like, ah, and go dancing. on Yeah. Them. yeah and <laughs> it, I, I think it, it kind of, you know, going back to our very first episode, um, so many months ago, so many moons ago, yeah. um, where we talked about witch poster syndrome, heck you can draw the star. With some whipped cream and it'll be fine. Yes. Like, like, yeah. 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 Nothing's yeah. perfect. And uh, I do love that. But there's there's that where she drops her accent just a little bit. And maybe yeah. it is hard to like really say balls like an American if you're not American. She goes, bowls. Watch his bowls. <laughs> and it's just really cute to hear. And also, uh, Aiden Quinn does an amazing Southern accent because he's he does Southern accents in a couple other movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he's does that whole monologue where he's like i'm supposed to bring in the bad guy because normally that's what i do he slips into his chicago accent and it's like it's just because i've heard it so many times it's like oh and i and accents are my big thing in movies Mm -hmm. and so i'm like oh you were so close you were doing such a good job uh but uh yeah it's just talk about that sometime i have found um non-sequitur sorry i have found watching like shows and movies and stuff mm-hmm. if i don't connect with somebody's performance it's like eight times out of ten they're doing an american accent and they weren't born with one yeah i feel like it strips so much out of their performance and like all these people that like mm, bill and true blood <laughs> so when, when i see him with his british accent i'm like god fucking damn it he's hot but like bill <laughs> ew <laughs> or like i don't know if y'all ever watched what? sons of anarchy no um, i never did but uh jack's um what's his name charlie hunnam is from newcastle i think but Ooh. he's he's got an american accent and i think it's fine but i just always found him very yeah he's hot but he's just so bland and that's how i end up feeling about people who have done that accent work and not it takes something out of your performance because you're focusing so much on sounding right well, I mean, and the first time I watched it, I didn't, you know, the first couple of times I watched it, I it, I didn't clock it. It's only mm-hmm. because I've seen it so many times. This is not an, a testament to their performances. It was, you know, one little drop here and there and an accent is, is not, you know, the end of the world. It's yeah. literally yeah. just because I've seen it so many times. Um, I do you know, know what, what you know what's the worst for that? And then I will stop because I keep on pulling us off track. Oh, no, you're, oh, no, you're um, fine. Witches of East End, Julia Ormond. And she's British half the time. 
and then not half the time. Like, she could never decide where she's... No one else in that family is British. They're all descendants she's not even British. Same. That's the thing, is she's not even British. She's Nordic. Yeah. <laughs> they're Nordic, aren't they? They're supposed to be Nordic, I think. Yeah, they're supposed to be Nordic. Right, right. right. Yeah. But Julia Ormond is French. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Sometimes I when don't think French, I that. Sometimes when French people are learning English as a second oh, language... Yeah. It is easier just because of the way their mouths form words. It is easier to be English rather than be American because sometimes Marianne Cotillard, she sounds a little British. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if I, I may have butchered her name. I did not enjoy French when I took it in college. Uh, (laughs) Lingua Latina. I did love Julia Ormond though, as when they redid Sabrina, I loved, I liked that. Uh, they remade Sabrina oh, with Julia Ormond and Harrison yeah. Ford. Yeah. Who is not, not the Teenage Witch. Oh, no, no, no. Nice. Sabrina, the movie, the, yeah. I was like, wait, she was Sabrina? No, I, like, I loved I her in that. I thought yeah, that was Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, no, the Audrey Hepburn movie. Um, oh, okay. I mean, it, yeah. yeah it, was, uh, it was, uh, it was Julia Ormond and uh, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford and Greg Kinnear. And, uh, Greg Kinnear, yeah. I that was I love that movie. Okay, so we went through yeah, they're bringing him back. And then so Tiger Eye Melody, uh Sisters of the Moon, and then I wrote, um, you know, this is there's I couldn't think of like any other songs to put in when they're like just um when they're just uh like chilling out and stuff. Uh like do like you know, uh uh, you know, they're doing the phone tree day and, oh, yeah. um, I couldn't think of like a song for that. Cause I'm like, there's no like suburban songs that uh, Fleetwood Mac does. Um, but, uh, but I just kind of immediately went to the lime and the coconut scene and I wrote, let's see if Fleetwood Mac would write a rendition of lime and the coconut <laughs> for obvious reasons. But you can't have, you can't that have magic. Yeah. yeah. And also I will acknowledge that Belladonna was not a Fleetwood Mac song. It was a solo Stevie song, but it's all good. We can take Stevie songs. Yeah. Yeah. And then an old Fleetwood Mac song that was in, that was from the band before Lindsay and Stevie ever even joined. Can you tell him a big old fucking nerd about this? Mm-hmm. Um, then it would go to black magic woman which would okay. be sung by the ensemble when Detective Hallett starts his investigation and joins the sisters for breakfast. Oh. Um, and because I just think it'd be really sexy at one point, just him having a solo where he says, I got a black magic woman and she's trying to make a devil out of me. I just think that would be really sexy if we get a sexy actor to do that. Okay. And then when Jimmy is haunting and possessing Jilly, I think that should be the chain. Because okay. I think that works. It's a good spooky song. I was wondering if you were going to have the chain be the circle at the end. Um, I, you know what? It's, oh, that would be good. <gasps> actually, we'll get to that in just a second. And then Beautiful Child, like we would actually sing the song when Sally is confessing to Detective Hallett, but they're also confessing that they wished for each other kind of mm-hmm. deal. Um, so not only confessing like, yeah, I killed Jimmy a couple times. Um <laughs> I love that. But, uh, and then, <laughs> and, uh, so then go your own way could be sung by Hallett when he leaves and he's all like, curses only work if you believe in them. Da, 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 da. And, um, and then when they're doing Jillian's exorcism, I put a sister of the moon reprise. I guess okay. I put too many reprises in this, but it's fine, but it's it could be, that's all they are, <laughs> but it could be a sister of the moon and chain reprise. 
Because that way they could, those could probably work together in some way. The chain, yeah, the chain part is like when everybody's coming together, and then Sisters of the Moon might be like when Sally's like, wait, 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 and she lays down on the floor with Julie. That part does make me cry. It makes me cry too. That part's a lot. I just got cold chills thinking about it. And then um, because we cut out the other crystalline part um, or crystalline part. Uh, there'd be another crystalline reprise as Sally and all of them jump off the roof and she does the fall in love whenever you can monologue. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, I thought the Rhiannon 1976 version or the Rhiannon, um, like the the dance version should be the curtain call, but maybe it should be, um, uh, it, it's, day, it's the song that plays at the um, credits, like one more night. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe it should be that one. But yeah, I'm sorry that I became a huge dork. Well, I want to do this now. See, like, so there's got to be, so there's got to be, well, one place that I, I can also see a reprise is, and that's because, you know, I think in terms of theatrics and staging yeah. and everything else, right? Because that's what I do. But is like, you know, having a thing where you end up with a circle with all these women but at some point, everybody being kind of frozen and then like this light just over Sally and Jilly in the middle of the circle and there being a reprise of Sally singing uh, Songbird to her sister while her oh. sister is like out, right? Yeah. yeah. That's that, good. Well, that could be – I do love – I love that that point in a musical where it's like they start combining not just like two songs together, but like mm-hmm. a whole mix of songs together. Because right, I think right. they do that. They don't necessarily do that in Wicked, but they do. The thing I like about Wicked is that they're always they do it playing. In yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I like because the underlying theme, like there's a musical theme throughout the whole musical. And it's just that dun, 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 dun. That's through every part of the musical. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah. Uh, oh, if I if I may, I I feel like I'm criticizing the movie too much. I don't mean to be criticizing the movie, and it's purely from like a cinematic standpoint. Because I think again, anybody who listens to this is going to feel the love that we all have for this movie. I don't think yes. I have to apologize for that. Um, <laughs> the one thing that I wish that they would have done, um, and I do think they did their best because you know I'm a writer. I've had to go back and kind of like shoehorn things into like the podcast that I'm working on right now. Like I've had to go back when I realized, Oh, I never explained this thing that I wanted to explain. And then you have to kind of go in and shoehorn it. So I totally get it. Um, but when, so they filmed or I think either they filmed hands opening up the box and the staircase to, to braid Maria's rope to make necklaces of protection for the children. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm not convinced. I think they filmed um, Stalker Channing and Diane Weist giving the girls the rope. But the but hands I are somebody else. I think the hands are somebody else, and I think they had that ADR. It's like, this is an important lesson, a lesson that they yeah. have to learn on their own. Yeah. And um, I think that was ADR, which I'm like, okay, you know what? Everyone's got to do pickups. That's fine. But it does – like after I've listened to it a couple times, I'm like, Oh, that's ADR. That's this, this was a shoehorn scene. And the other time is, um, Oh, ADHD. I have one. I want to know if it, you have the same yeah. one as me. It's when, so detective Hallett comes to breakfast, which I think is a genuinely very cute scene, especially when little Antonia is like, do you have a gun? <laughs> <laughs> Can I see it. 
Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I love that. I love that he looks at her mom he first. So. <laughs> I, that was very cute. And Aiden Quinn is actually really cute when interacting with the kids. I, I really like that whole part. I love that whole scene when you know they see because because you know Kylie had read um, Sally's spell, the Amos Rita spell, and they keep yeah. getting super excited. Yeah. yeah, and and that's why they threw out the syrup because they didn't want to banish him because that that's their mama's true love. And I do love the scene where Jilly's making the syrup and they're helping her. Yeah. Yes, I do she's like. like now we need blessings. She's like, no, that's the same thing. <laughs> like we've already picked up enough from the aunts. And then no. I. I do love that line, that monologue that she delivers about, um, falling in love. you know, it's like falling in love. I, cause dude, me and my mom had to repeat that to each other so many times, like to each other when my mom was single yeah. <laughs> and I was like starting to date, me and her had to repeat that to each other so many times. Um, both, so sweet. yeah, it's we were the Gilmore girls for a little bit. Um, but but, and so, you know, and Aiden Quinn's being really cute and he's like flipping the, the cactus pancake mm-hmm. through the air and it's, and you know, and they're like, oh my God, he has a star. Uh, that's his favorite shape. And, oh, that's awesome. And it's weird that they didn't notice his eyes though. Yeah. It, well, no, no yeah. Was, I guess Nellie needed to be the one that saw that, but yeah. So that, that I can forgive. What bothers me is because I never noticed it. I just, cause it wasn't done loud enough and it wasn't because for the longest time i remember the scene i just thought it was like a weird little awkward transitional scene every movie has one right but i but i didn't know what they were doing they were trying to show that aiden quinn and sally or like or detective hallett and sally were singing the same song and i that they they were supposed to be singing the same song, like they're humming it. Mm-hmm. And that's when the girls kind of hear it. And I could never, he- I never understood what was happening because the singing was so low. The humming was so low. Right. And huh. since I've seen it a couple times, I'm like, oh, that's what they were doing. The song that they're singing, I swear to God, it, I might be high. I don't, I, sw- I swear they're singing or humming the tune of girls are made of greasy, grimy, go for guts, mutilated. <laughs> I swear. I think that's what they're humming. That's what I, I thought it was too. And you know what? They've actually talked. To them, okay. yeah. They don't even know the song they were humming. That's <laughs> funny. If it was greasy, grimy, go for guts. I, that's Wait, it's you, canon. You saying that girls are made of? Cause we just always said great big gobs of, Greasy oh, that was that's, because he was singing it. From, that's what he sings in uh, Caddyshack. Oh, Aiden Quinn's in Caddyshack? No, no, no. That's oh. um, Bill Murray sings it, oh, okay, and he okay. was planning to kill the gopher that mm. you know that's terrorizing the the uh, golf course. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, he sings it while he's making the while he's making the uh, the bombs. Yeah. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Hey, little gopher, this, hey, little gopher friend, this is your little bunny friend. <laughs> there's, like, there's an actual song that is not those lyrics. Um, the tune is a real song yeah, at some point. <laughs> uh, that it used to be, like, when Ace was little, we had this, like, kids CD of kid songs that, oh, my God, we hated it so much. Because there's <laughs> one, 
the Prano on there that was like, did not get told, like taught ever how to blend Blend with other people, but they had, I don't remember the words, but that song was in it and it was about something else. And that's whenever I've heard it, um, there's also another classical tune that I thought it was, but mm-hmm. I'd have to figure it out. Like I'd have to listen to a bunch of classical music and figure it out because I always thought it was this classical piece. Um, and yeah, it'd be more beautiful if it, well, it would be more beautiful as a classical piece, but I would understand that at the time when young Sally did make this potion or the spell, maybe at the time that will, she would sing boys are made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that was her favorite song when she was yeah, like right. eight or nine. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, again, I know I nitpicked this so hard, but I do love this movie. It's one of those things where after you watch it a couple of times, you riff it with love. Yes. Like, you know, you much. only, you only make fun of the things that you yeah. truly love. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right, so going back to like our favorite scenes and our least favorite scenes, I said the a case of you was my favorite. Yes. For me, I feel like there's a very big tonal shift right around the time that Jilly starts, you start seeing like the possession happen. Yeah. Because up until that point in the movie, there was really no cheesy kind of um, special effects. Right. Like what they did show yeah. like... Allie lighting the candle looked really natural. The petals in the Amas Veritas scene, I always thought yeah. that was done very subtly. It was beautiful. Um, there, yeah. And then most of it was this. kind of like when you see Sally know that Michael got hit by it, it a lot of it was just. Yeah, practical effects. Yes, yes. yes. And, yeah. so, and clever and, editing. And they have to start, you know, doing ghost Jimmy and stuff. Like that takes me out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ghost it, it's Sally. like it, it turns into a horror movie, or they're trying to kind of make it like a horror movie at that point. For like, for yeah, like one that, second, and that was the thing that I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, like when yeah. I'm, wa- I'm watching this whole movie, I'm loving it, and I'm like, "No, you're not doing this." You're not exactly. doing this. <laughs> and yeah, like, that's one of the other reasons I think the movie kind of has a tone problem because of that scene. So, but yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm done. I, I had a feeling you guys would feel the same way about that yeah. as me. Because I just, yeah. I loved so much that for a, a witch movie, and I'm like this with certain shows yeah. that are a little more subtle too, I'm like, it's not all like flying around and, you know, vanquishing demons. Yeah. Like, show me people just being witches, you know? Yeah, they're just being witches. Oh. I... I will say I didn't – maybe it's just because I was raised Catholic and, you know, we believed in all that stuff. I didn't – I didn't hate it the first time I saw it, but, like, the more I watch it – like, I remember – the thing about that scene is I just always forget it. Yeah, me too. For it being so kind of horrific and, you know, you see Nicole Kidman, like, contorting on the bed. Yeah. And then, and then you see creepy Goran – I believe his name is Visnik – just glaring and mm-hmm. and at, at Detective Hallett. Like for how creepy it is, it's very forgettable because I introduced this movie to a friend of mine at the, now my friend is going through a deconstruction process. So I don't know if she would consider herself Christian now, but at the time she considered herself very Christian. And I told her, I was like, yeah, well this movie, it's sweet. It's not like a, you know, creepy, like devil witch movie. So it's just a very sweet, very down to earth, witch movie. And I would, I think you'd like to watch it. And when we watched it, because I had totally forgotten, I always forget about that scene. 
we're watching it and I look over at my very sweet little Christian friend and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I forgot, about, forgot this. about this part. Well, it's just that one scene, right? It, that, that, that that happens in. And I, do. I hate yeah. that. I hate that he like punches into his chest. Yes. I hate that he like, you see the gross hand with the star. Like it's like just that, that <laughs> it's just that part that's it's like. very out of it. Because like, even when they it. just kind of showed him through the antique glass sitting that's out in different. the garden, that's different. That's more like a, him and the mercury contacts and like all that stuff. Like I was like, uh, yeah, this and all the other stuff that they did to show the possession, I thought was kind of like moving the chair with the frogs coming out of it. Like yeah. that was done practically, and I think right. that was done really cool. Right. And right. I've, I've still never been able to figure out the shot where the the ring comes out of the frog's mouth, mm-hmm. like. That's actually done well. Yes. Well, even really that is like, you know, when she takes on his, when she takes on his voice, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's, and I love yeah. it. Yeah. Her voice, but yeah, like to me, they had to have, but I guess they did have to have some moment where Gary would believe it because mm-hmm. he doesn't believe anything that is happening. Right. And so that's I'm, true. I'm guessing that that's like the, like, there had to be a belief moment where he was like, holy, like his whole world is rocked because yeah. he witnessed something. Right. And so I, I get true. why it had to happen, but I was just like, <laughs> you know, whenever I saw it the first time, so I'm with you. We're doing so well. <laughs> yeah. I, but I will say this, the redeeming moment of that scene is everyone acts the shit out of it. Yeah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that Aiden Quinn is like feeling pain. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like and and Goran Vishnu is so right, right, right? Yeah. It, everyone's so freaky in it, and Sandra Bullock, yeah. it, she's kind of off to the side, but even she's staying in character. Like everyone mm-hmm. is acting the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, and I do. Yeah, I did. Um, I I really and I I do want to kind of reemphasize because I feel like I, I talked over Ursula a little bit with this because Ursula, you made a really good point that it was nice to see just a wholesome little witch movie after, you know, Hocus Pocus and they worship the devil and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's fun. It's cute, but you know, they're killing children and worshiping the devil. Right. And then the craft, a movie that's supposed to be about sisterhood turns into admittedly not that. Right. Right. It's just a study in cattiness after about the midway mark. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's Mean Girls with Wands. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's mean girls with wands, which I don't hate. I yes. still love the movie, but I acknowledge that it has a lot of problems. Mainly the way, um, what's her face? Uh, put Nancy uh, away at the end. Well, Robin, Robin, <laughs> what's her name? The person that played Sarah. Uh, Tunney? I can't Tunney, remember her Tunney? name. I don't know how to say her last name. Yeah, yeah Robin Tunney. Uh, she runs very silly in that movie. <laughs> she runs with her <laughs> arms out. To her sides, like spread out to her sides at the elbows. And mm. so she's T-Rex running throughout the street. <laughs> and it's really hard for me not to laugh at it. Um, but uh, I do, I appreciate what Ursula said about it just being like a wholesome witch movie. Because honestly, we don't have enough wholesome witch movies. And no, even when we, we do have wholesome witch movies, something weird happens in it. Like Practical Magic really only has that one big I mean, yeah, there's, I mentioned that there's a tone problem, but that big tonal shift that I think we're able to forgive mainly because it's so forgettable and it's mm-hmm. only right. one scene. Right. 
But then there's another movie, funny enough, Aiden Quinn is in it. Um, uh, it's, I think it's called The Last Keepers, and it's sort of a witch movie. And it's pretty wholesome for a minute, and I, I don't hate it. It's Virginia Madsen's in it, Olympia Dukakis is in it, and I think that one girl from that Lena Dunham HBO show is in it. I, I don't know her name. Um, but uh, I, I think it's a name. I, I just don't want to butcher it. But it was a cute little wholesome movie. But then there's a point where her pet goats get something bad happens to them. They, mm. they get midnight masked, essentially. <laughs> Yes. And so, uh, yeah. And so I just love that there's like a wholesome, there's wholesome movies out there. And I like that Ursula pointed Mm -hmm. them out. I will say though, don't, don't do love spells. Don't, and don't kill birds for your love spells. No. Uh, Young witches out there, please don't. No No. animal sacrifices for love spells. (laughs) All Um, right, Ursula, what's your favorite scene and what's your least favorite scene? Yes. Uh, My favorite scene is when all the sister or when all the women are grabbing hands. Yeah. Okay. Um, My least favorite scene, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's a least favorite scene. I, I'm trying to think if there's scenes that, like, just to me don't even need to happen or something. But yeah. I can't really think of it because even though the the part that we were talking about with all the special effects, to me, it needed to happen for Gary to, to believe it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and... I guess that's that. That would be the one that is my my least favorite scene. But I feel like every everything that happens happens for a reason. Like it helps the story along. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's and and I like the funny silly parts. And like my favorite thing, like I remember everybody just losing it at the movie theater when she was like, "Sally just came out," and there's like a whole audience <laughs> of people, and everybody's like. Whoa! Like really loud. It was awesome. It when was I awesome. was watching it last night, I was trying to remember um, like the scenes that they had in the original trailer because mm-hmm. they had um, what's her name? I'm a bitch. I'm a yeah, yeah. Like that was the the song for the trailer. Yeah, and it had the Sally just came out part. It had mm-hmm. there's no devil in the craft. It had yeah. the I don't want them dancing under the full moon naked. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. And I think they might have had is it Margot Martindale who shows up with the dustbuster? Yeah. Not Margot Martindale. Uh, it, um, uh, uh, gross. Her Mary Gross. She used to be on Saturday Night Live. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I do love that they're like, oh, can you bring a broom? And it's so freaking nineties. Yeah. They're like, no, it dustbuster. Okay. And, like, well, and I always love definitely the, another uh, movie too. That's that's a nod to another movie from what I understand. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I always like the you know the main caddy um girl that I think it's the one that when Jilly walks into the PTA meeting or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that she like snaps the back of her head or something. But yeah. she's like um, Sally's like, oh, I can't believe you came. She's like, you know, I always wanted to see the inside of your house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a bitchy moment. Yeah. Okay. I think it's the same woman that's like, your little troublemaker started this. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah. She, yes. yeah. She was chicken boxes. <laughs> so um, did you pull, you pulled a tarot card for us? Oh, well, I did. I did. Uh, um, I pulled, it was, 
the Leo. <laughs> well, ju- just a couple hours ago, um, uh, I pulled the strength tarot card, and yeah. I feel like that's really appropriate because you are a Leo rising, correct, Jenny? Yes. I get I get your moon and rising mixed up sometimes. Scorpio moon, Leo rising. Yes, that's right. Because your sun and moon are like mirrors, which is perfect. Yep. Um, and then you are like a full full blown full blown Leo, right? Or, Ursula. And so this really is the card for Leos and um, not just because there's a lion on it, <laughs> uh, but it says uh, here that strength is a good card for reassuring you that you will have the ability to achieve your goals and overcome obstacles if you persevere. And I think we all needed to hear that yes, um, yes because much. of everything that we're going through. Um, yeah. It also refers to untapped strengths and talents and says that you have great resources uh, so that you can win. And um, it can also represent a strong but gentle person on whom you can rely. And, uh, you know, old friends who, you know, will prove to be more loyal um, than the exciting new ones. And uh, I feel like that's pretty prevalent because I feel like a lot of us are leaning back on our old friendships right now. Um, I am, you know, my one of my old friends best friends is getting married my oldest best friend i should say she's not old she's a year younger than me and you know you have hillary and um and and all that um it says here for the everyday world you may need to be patient and persevere with difficult people and situations don't let anyone dissuade you from a course of action that you feel is right uh knowing look to the camera uh don't waste your strength trying to win round someone stubborn um as that person will never see your point of view and the only drawback of strength is that uh you might be pouring efforts into a lost cause okay so i feel that's like that's a very good card yeah. yes well at least this one is not a lost cause though yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I'm so I'm sorry if I talked too long about practical magic, but that's what we were gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> that was the point. I know, so, but I didn't mean to interrupt anybody. I just wanna to say blessed Salon to both of you and to everybody who's listening. Blessed and Salon. Blessed Salon. And uh, and hallowed be thy ween. And hallowed be thy ween. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so dirty. <laughs> and remember to eat a popsicle correctly. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, witches. I love you. I love you, witches. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <And> all, <laughs> all weekend. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.